Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, and verse 18 to 21 in ESV translation. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Verse 18 to 21. And, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. This is God's word, and you may be seated. morning, church. Uh, thank you, Pastor David, for leading us into uh, worship, presiding, but also leading praise. Uh, you were here by yourself, um, but it was uh, still just powerful. Uh, the rest of our praise team members are at the retreat. Uh, they are having a great time, but also praying for all of you, uh, praying for our church, having a wonderful time of fellowship. Uh, let us also cover them in prayer uh, that uh, they will have a good Sunday worship there, uh, Muskoka Woods, and then um, come down safely as well. We've been going through a heart detox uh, series, and today I'll be talking about addiction with a title called Breaking Free from Addiction. The chain of addiction destroys lives. Um, we don't usually talk about addiction at church uh, because we assume that we are Christian, that we are followers of uh, Jesus Christ. But theologically, uh, doctrinally, uh, we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, and we know what is right and what is wrong. And yet at the same time, many Christians today are battling and wrestling with addiction. And not only battling and wrestling, but they feel defeated. After I came back from sabbatical, met with some of the families going through crises in their lives, some of the conflicts, even abuse, crisis in their lives, and many of them are somehow related with uh, some kind of addiction as well. Uh, many people uh, who come for counseling, even thinking about separation, uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, related to um, alcohol, addiction, marijuana, even gambling, some of the sites that you're addicted to, sex, pornography, that we as Christians, um, we believe in Jesus Christ, and we are called to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and yet in reality, many of us, we are 
being controlled by other things. I mean, these are very destructive patterns. And on the other hand, there are things that it may not be as harmful. And there's nothing wrong legally speaking. And yet some of us are addicted to uh, games, smartphone. Uh, some of our children are very addicted to. Uh, they, they go crazy, insane if you take away some of the devices. Uh, Steve Jobs, as we know, uh, he was convincing everyone that you need to have an iPad in this world. Uh, and yet, it is very famous because uh, his own children were not allowed to have an iPad. Because Steve Jobs knew how, addict, uh, how addictive it could be uh, so that even though he was selling and promoting iPad to everyone in the world, uh, he didn't want his children to grow up with iPad. And there's a such call uh, nomophobia. Uh, when you don't have a smartphone, you get anxious. Uh, you get stressed. You feel like you don't know what to do. Sometimes, you know, some of you have experienced that you go to work or you go to school and then somehow you lost or you left your cell phone or smartphone at home and all day you're miserable. You feel like you're missing out. Think about it. And some of us, we like leave our Bible or like we lose our Bible for an entire week or entire month and we don't panic as much. I'm not saying to judge or condemn, but in reality, right, like we don't get anxious. Not reading the Bible for a couple of days or not reading the Bible for a week, and yet we get anxious. We feel like we're missing out when we fail to check our smartphone. Some of us, we are addicted to shopping, uh, work, workaholism. Some of us, uh, SNS, the younger generation, like constantly checking, right? Like what friends are doing, whether it is through TikTok or other forms of uh, media, even Facebook, just to see how many people press like. And world falls apart if someone press unlike or they don't respond to your social media. Whether it's a destructive things or whether it's not as harmful, the fact that once we are being controlled by these things, slowly they begin to destroy other aspects of lives. Not only destroying or ruining your own personal walk with God, it destroys relationships. When I heard the story where uh, the husband, whenever he drinks, he starts abusing physically, emotionally, not only his wife, but even children. We're not talking about random people outside of the church. It is happening even inside of the church. 
It leads to accident, leads to abuse, affair. And these are the things that what Satan exactly wants. Just go to church on Sunday. Just say that you are Christian, you believe in God, but everything else being controlled by other substance. So today, as we talk about addiction, maybe some of you feel like, okay, this message is not for me. And yet, I think it is very important for us to really reflect what controls our lives. Are we under the control of a lordship or are we under the control of other things? And think about and pray for your loved ones. Especially parents, you need to really cover your children, our next generation. And there are many broken people and many people who are going through a broken relationship due to such addiction issues. Number one, we need to recognize the reasons for addiction. Verse 21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is not just a mandate or a commandment to control your life, but that you and I were created in the image of God. That we have this image of God that, that we thrive and we have complete satisfaction and contentment only when we are enjoying intimate relationship with God. Otherwise, we begin to have hope in our lives. So there are areas that only God can fulfill. And there are areas where your spouse can fulfill. There are areas that your friends can fulfill, right? No one else. And yet we have this hole or area or space where only God can fulfill and satisfy. And when we fail to feel that, when we fail to have that contentment or satisfaction, we begin to be hungry and thirsty, we feel empty. We become not only empty, but powerless, meaningless. That you and I were created to absolutely depend on God. But when we fail to depend on God, we begin to depend on other things, even including depending on our own selves. The self-reliance is huge. And yet deep in our heart, even though as much as we want to rely on ourselves, there are times that we feel out of control. Many of us, we are stressed. We feel lonely isolated, we have anger, frustrated, fear, tremendous pressure to do things right. And yet, deep inside, we still struggle. And how do we respond when we go through these experiences? You can either run to God, depend on God, and fulfill and satisfy by God's heavenly blessing, God's grace, joy, 
peace and so on. But on the other hand, we can run to other things and we can be compensated by other things. And once we get compensated by other things, it becomes a habit. And that becomes a chain. And that chain becomes addiction. And you and I, that we struggle with life pattern and certain kind of chain. I mean, you, you do have a weekly chain or weekly routine, right? Don't you? And that's why you're here, worshiping God. It's a spiritual chain, spiritual routine, which is a good thing. Now, some of the people have very different way of their life pattern and chain. Friday night, Saturday night, go out until late, 2, 3 a.m., and they go to sleep around 5 a.m., and Sunday morning, all of a sudden, it feels so early. And that becomes a pattern. And even pets, they have a pattern. And they get signal, right? You call their names, sit down or run. That's a signal. And then after the signal, you know, they begin to have a desire and then they react by coming to you and then they get rewarded. So you give them treat. You pet them. That's a compensation. And as you go through the signal and respond and then you get compensated, slowly you begin to have a chain. I was talking to one of my friends, I mean, who uh, I met him in seminary days. Um, you know, his father is a pastor. And even from early day on, you know, his father made a promise. My oldest son, I'm going to give to you, and he's going to be a pastor. So growing up, he had this tremendous pressure to become a pastor. And he rebelled. I don't want to go into ministry, rebelling against God. And up until high school, up until university, he really rebelled. And one of the ways to rebel out of stress and like performing was to go out and you know, start smoking. And he was addicted to smoking for over 10 years. Finally, senior year of university, uh, there was a breakthrough spiritual and somehow he really felt like I was calling him into ministry. So he came to seminary. It was the first year. And he became a youth pastor. And yet because he's been smoking for 10 years and he quit, whenever he gets upset, whenever he goes through conflict or he gets stressed, he was finding himself like wanting to smoke again. So it was a big struggle. And he told me, Jason, it took me about 10 years to really get rid of even that signal. Like when people eat after that, like wanting to smoke. When I come back to church, uh, come home after church, wanting to smoke. Because it was deeply ingrained. It became almost like a signal and chain that he went through over 10 years, repeatedly, repeatedly. And that was a way that he was relieving and releasing his stress and being compensated. So, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you a question. The routine or chain, the life pattern that you have, is it somehow in, need, in line with the spiritual pattern that you get satisfied, you get fulfilled by God? 
but being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with joy, love, and peace? Or have you created other patterns? Have you created other chains in your life and you've been repeating over and over again, now you don't even need to think about it and being intentional. It just happens right there then. Those are the reasons why you are addicted. Those are the reasons why. As much as we feel lonely, we can run to God or we can run to other things. So some of you, you feel like whenever you are lonely, You find yourself in a wrong place, doing wrong thing. It happened once, but it became twice. It became three times, and now it became years and pattern, and you feel like you are trapped. You cannot even control yourself. Somehow you feel like you are stepped out of boundary. And once you're addicted, you become blinded, you become spiritually numb so that you don't even sense that it destroys you, it destroys your family, it destroys the church, it destroys your calling. You begin to lose clear-sounding judgment. I have heard a story of someone who fell into a gambling addiction. As much as it was just fun for just a few dollars or a hundred dollars or whatnot, it got into addiction, hundreds of thousands of dollars debt, and somehow that he got life threat by mafia. And his parents found out, and parents even sold their position to pay up their debt his son's death in order to save him. And then even after that, he goes back. And then we think that we are exception. Somehow we are immune. So the question that we need to ask is, do we have this pattern or chain that is in line with the scripture? The Christ character, enjoying God, enjoying life. That is beautiful, edifying. Or do we have some kind of pattern or chain that that is really against and and destructive, hurting? one another hurting ourselves. Which leads to the second point, that we need to admit that addiction is a foothold from the enemy. If you look at it from spiritual warfare perspective, it is addiction is foothold very clearly. That's what enemy loves to do. I mean, we all have a fleshly desire want and through our desire want once we give in once we compromise little things what satan does is like it's not what you want you need it you begin to panic when you don't have it it's like because you need it 
And once you fall into that from want to need, you want more, stronger, more stimulation, more powerful, to the point where you cannot even resist anymore. You cannot control yourself. And enemy does is says that, you know what, your life is already ruined anyways. You have done it all at once. So why not twice? You have done it 10 times. Why not 100 times? But in essence, that becomes your idol. If you're addicted to something, that is your idol. That controls your life, and you are a slave. Because no longer we need Jesus, but we need other things. And that begins to destroy our precious gifts from God, one by one. And no wonder why, that's what Satan wants. Exactly the way that I mentioned, go to church. Profess that you're a Christian, but you need other things. You're miserable without it. You are being compensated by those To the point where, because it happened for a long time with a pattern and chain, now we lose a sense of discernment and spiritual discernment and judgment. And now we don't even feel bad. We justify. We come up with our own excuses. What are some of the ways that we justify and come up with excuses? No one appreciate me. I was not recognized. I was not rewarded. And these are the ways that I get compensated. These are the ways that I get comforted. And we are being trapped in secrecy, darkness, become powerless. We lose joy, inner peace. If you recognize that maybe you are near there or you are in there, what do you need to do? If you feel that somehow there's fundamental brokenness, and as you feel that there's something wrong going on, one of the first response that you need to do is you need to cry out to God. Lord, I need your deliverance. This is a foothold. This is a trap. I don't know how to get out of it, but I need your help. I need your deliverance. I need salvation. And that's a salvation. That is the power of the gospel that God has promise to us. That is the gospel. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 to 2 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. If you feel that you are being operated by law of sin and death still right now, you need salvation, you need to break free from the law. And only law that can set you free is the law of the Holy Spirit. And the essence of salvation is that you cannot save yourself. You are being saved by God, by grace. So even though you don't feel like you're deserving God's grace, I mean, grace itself is there, even though you feel undeserved. Even though you are being trapped and being addicted in that chain and the bondage, if you cry out to God by God's grace and salvation, He will deliver you. So, brothers and sisters, do not stay in that place being deceived by the enemy. Enemy is still lying to you and saying, you, you're done, it's over, stay there. No. Holy Spirit is calling you out and saying, you are my precious child. I love you. My gospel has a power to redeem you, to deliver you from chain of addiction. You are hurting you. You're hurting your family. You're hurting your future. You're hurting your calling. And that's what Holy Spirit is crying out to you. The question is, how are you going to respond today to that voice? I hope and pray that you'll be able to respond to God rather than still staying in the chain or the bondage. Which leads to my third point, relearning the ways to break free. That you and I were weak, vulnerable. That we cannot break free from our own addiction with our own strength. Even though you wish even though you made New Year's resolution, I have seen countless people who regret, repent, and yet still fall into the same trap. Even after praying, feeling guilt and shame, agonizing and like going through tears of repentance, and yet I have seen people who still go back. So what are... What are the ways for us to really overcome and come out of the slavery or bond, the chain of addiction? What are the ways? Let me share with you three things. The first, A, it's about rearranging the setting, rearranging the setting. They find that people who come out of addiction, there's a common factor is that um, it's not just about willpower. Like, I, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to fall into that trap again. That alone will not do it. But one of the things that, that is really clearly helping people is you need, to you need to change your environment. 
There are people who are more vulnerable to addiction. There are people who are vulnerable in certain kind of setting. I was talking to one of the parents and his teenage son like keep kind of going into the site that he shouldn't be going in. There's gentle rebuke and discipline and yet somehow still going. And they decide to actually uh, set the desktop not in his own room but in the living room. Bring into the public. Bring into the living room. That kind of changed the setting. Uh, our pastors were reading uh, one of the books uh, this month, um, not necessarily a Christian book, but New York bestseller, Atomic Habit. Maybe some of you read the book. Uh, in that book, actually, it's very interesting because it uh, talks about uh, the U.S. military who were sent in Vietnam a long time ago. And it was serious because over 15% of U.S. military soldiers were addicted to heroin. So they start doing kind of research and to really help them to be free from heroin addiction. And they were following their lives and their habits. And out of those 15%, uh, people who came back home, only 5% of 15%, uh, they went back to their addiction. And the rest, actually, they were able to really break free. So they study what was the difference between people who still went back to addiction, people who were free. Obviously, number one, environment. Because when they were fighting in Vietnam, they were constantly stressed. But not only stressed, but they were very easily able to access heroin. Just, it was right there. And then as they were actually doing it, you know, they felt very strong bond with their friends, one another. And the big factor was they were missing home. And then once they were changed or putting into different environment, many of them, they were able to break free from addiction. I was talking to one of the young adults, a friend, and he was saying, you know what, like, I tried to get out of like certain pattern and yet whenever my friends call me, I go and then I fall into the same thing again and again and again. I pray so hard, Lord, not this time, you know, not this weekend when I go out, like help me to overcome temptation and yet still failing, right? And eventually he had to really make choice. You know what? I will not go out with my friends Friday night. <laughs> Changing the environment. Whatever they were addicted to, the chances are it is very easily accessible in your life. You need to change the setting. I remember sharing this story. I was shocked and I was very uh, deeply challenged 
with the vulnerability and transparency of this pastor. It was about 15 years ago, I was attending a conference. It was a, a plenary speaker. It was a pastor, Caucasian, American. And he was sharing about his life. The old gentleman, sought after pastor, preacher, gifted. And that he was sharing that when he was growing up, his father was alcoholic. Whenever he gets drunk, the father gets drunk, he will come home and abuse mother physically. And one day, his mom had it enough, so she ran away and disappeared. So can you imagine this young boy being raised by alcoholic father and mom disappearing? And after mother disappearing, the father became even more severe, and he would drink more, and then whenever he would come home, he would beat his kids up. So as a boy, he was scared. And one of the blessings was that the next door was his grandmother's house. So that he would run, escape to his grandmother's house. But found out that his grandmother was so stressed and so concerned whenever he comes. And as a young boy, he didn't want his grandmother to be stressed, right? Because his mother disappeared. He doesn't want to lose his grandmother. So he couldn't tell grandmother, and yet upstairs of the grandmother, there was a secret attic, upper room. So instead of going to grandmother, he began to hide in grandmother's upper room. It was one night, he was there hiding from his father, and he was bored, and he saw boxes that his uncle packed before he went to Vietnam War. And he was unpacking, and then he found, as a young boy, Playboy magazine. And it became his escape, where whenever he's scared, whenever he's stressed, he will run to Playboy magazine. By grace of God, he met Christ as a Lord and Savior. He was converted. He received calling to go into ministry. He was serving as an ordained pastor, but he found himself, whenever he's alone, stressed. Whenever he travels to conference, he will think about Playboy magazine. He prayed, and yet still he felt like there's a temptation. So he changed the environment. Whenever he goes, he will put pastor's color, reminding himself. What are the settings or environment that you are in? If you want to be breaking free from the habit or addiction, number one, you need to rearrange the setting. You need to rearrange the life pattern and routine. What is your routine in the morning? And how do you end your evening? When you're stressed, what is your routine? Where do you run to? These are the ways that we can really assess. Number two, 
We cannot just quit or escape unless we replace it with something good. So we need to replace with a good habit. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Christianity is not about emptying ourselves. Christianity is about filling ourselves with spiritual blessings. Christianity is about not just denying ourselves, but living in Christ. So once again, it will never work if we try to break free from bondage or addiction unless we replace it with something good. How do you replace your life? And I think it's very important for you to really replace with something good. What are some of the things that you would love to do as a family? Maybe some of you, your family, whenever you gather together, you fight. You argue. All of a sudden, you find yourself like, don't do that, don't do this. But that will never disciple properly. What you need to do is do this instead, right? What can you do instead as a family? And that's why we as a church, we're doing campaign. Whenever we gather together, let's really share our thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Our family, we, uh, every Monday, actually, we have our, our own FaceTime together because our kids are all gone, or, you know, physically not together, but every Monday, uh, we do FaceTime, face-to-face, -face, not texting, just to catch up, but also to share and pray together. And that becomes a good rhythm. And sometimes we talk hour and a half, even two hours FaceTime, but just share, and that becomes a routine. Maybe during this Lent, this is a good opportunity for you to actually break free from the some of the things, but to re replace it with something good. But lastly, it's about renewing our identity. In verse 3, as is proper among saints, ultimately, we need to ask this question, who am I? What am I living for? What am I being controlled by? What am I being consumed with? I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I am a husband, a loving wife. I'm a father of precious children. I am a servant of God. See, when I forget those, we lose our track. But when I've been reminded of who I am, the sense of identity, 
And that's when we begin to truly recognize that what we are made out of and we desire, and that becomes our reward. Verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about one or two glasses of wine, but it's about what are you being consumed and are you being content as that becomes your reward. Gospel is not just to go to heaven or a ticket to go to heaven, but gospel itself, your relationship with God is the greatest reward. It's not just head knowledge, but we as a Christian, if we really are Christian, that becomes the greatest reward, that God is true satisfaction. When God comes into, when God controls our lives, when God fills our lives, that becomes the greatest reward. That's the kingdom message. That is the gospel. Is Jesus is the greatest reward in your life? If you think about it, like your car needs gasoline. Some of you are driving now electric car, you need to fill with the electric power because that's how it is made out of. And we as a Christian, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that's when we are being able to operate. That's when we are satisfied. That becomes the greatest reward. It's not about worldly recognition. It's not just about going to heaven after we die here, but the kingdom of God is here. The gospel is here, that we're being born again. And more than anything, we live in the presence of God, that God is watching us. And God rejoice with us. And that is the greatest reward. And we experience that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to break free from the bondage. Friends and sisters, let me conclude today's message. Christ has set us free. The power of the gospel set us free. Are you really living your life with the freedom? Or are you in this chain and the bondage and you cannot come out on your own? Brothers and sisters, if you recognize that you cannot run to Jesus, cry out to God, God, I need your salvation. If your loved ones, if your friends are in the bondage, you need to cry out, Lord, salvation. The saints live out freedom through filling of the Holy Spirit. Today's message, I'm really speaking from the heart because we see too many people, Christians, brothers and sisters, in this chain, in the bondage. We live our lives as slaves. And the gospel will set you free if you run to God. Let's pray together. As we spend some time, brothers and sisters, be real, be honest. What controls your life? How do you get compensated 
when you are stressed, when you are lonely, angry, frustrated, who do you run to? If you run to other things other than God, doesn't matter how fancy or come up with a good fancy excuses, at the end of the day, those are the idols and we are the slaves. Maybe some of you are right on the verge of crossing the boundary. Just think of this as God's loving, gentle rebuke and reminder for you to come back. Maybe some of you, you feel like you are in there already and you don't know how to come out. You tried on your own, praying, repented, even confessing, and yet somehow you're still there. You need to cry out before the Lord. Lord, I need your help, but not only that. Maybe God is now speaking to you. You need to change the environment. You need to change the setting, the routine. And quitting will not work alone. You need to replace it with something else. You need help. But more than anything, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know what? To be honest, for far too long, you haven't experienced being filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't even know what that means anymore. You are filled with worries and anxieties and other things. Constantly you are consumed instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But can you pray today, Lord, I need your touch. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to me? I need your help. Let's pray together. Lord, that you have set us free. That you have purchased us with your precious blood from sin and death, from slavery. And yet, the enemy still lies, deceives us, and wanting to trap us in the bondage, the chains of addiction. Father, we pray that your truth. Will be proclaimed in our lives every day. Father, we pray for your healing, but also power of the Holy Spirit proclaim that reveal the truth to every single one of us so that we enjoy true freedom, living in the light, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And may Christ be greatest. Reward in our lives once again. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unconditional love of our God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon people of God who are called to live out in freedom with the truth of the gospel now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.